Well, good morning, everybody. What was that? Yeah, okay. Wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, good seeing everyone's face as well. Well, um, how many people saw the movie Bucket List? Anyone see the? Yeah, wow. Okay. So it came out in 2007, I believe. It was starring uh, Carol's not favorite actor, Jack Nicholson, and, but I kind of like him, and also Morgan Freeman. And it really popularized this whole term, uh, bucket list, which we're probably very familiar with now. And so the term bucket list is things that could be a physical list of things you'd like to do, things you'd like to accomplish before you die, before you kick the bucket. There you go. So hence the term bucket list. So it was kind of interesting. I was uh, Googling about things that are on most common things on people's bucket list, things they like to do, accomplish before uh, uh, their life is over. Number one, listen to one of Brian Stewart's sermons. <laughs> no, nope. no, it didn't say that. That's a joke. <laughs> No, fall in love was up there, go on an African safari, uh, reach your ideal weight, lose, uh, learn a musical language, learn a musical instrument, I'd like to do that, learn another language, uh, run a marathon, and another one was just change someone's life for the better. So all these different things, goals, aspirations that people have before they kick the bucket, before they die, things they'd like to accomplish in this lifetime. So what's on your bucket list? Skydiving, okay, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. Anything else you want to just shout out? Anything on your bucket list? Some of you, you may actually have written down. I don't, but some, my guess is we all have things we'd like to do, right? Things we'd like to accomplish in, uh, in this lifetime. So here, here's the deal. I'm going to ask you to add one thing to your bucket list today, okay? So I'm going to ask, or as we say today, I'm going to suggest to you that uh, I would encourage you to add this one thing to your bucket list, something that you should do, accomplish in your lifetime. And I actually personally believe, I really believe that if you add this item to your bucket list, it is going to make your life actually personally more fulfilling and more rewarding. I believe that. And I actually do firmly believe this one, that if you add this thing to your bucket list, it's going to change someone's life for the better. Here's the other thing. If you go along with me and say, yeah, sure, we all go on, we all buy into this today, and we all say together at the Life Center, you know what, we're all going to add this thing to our bucket list. I would actually say and believe that it's not only going to further someone's life, but it actually has the possibility of making a family, a community, the city of Abbotsford. It could change that and make it better as well. So what's the item? What's the thing that we're going to talk about? Well, it's in the Bible. How about that? So let's open up to John chapter 4, please. Uh, John chapter 4. If you can turn in your Bibles... Uh, not the, at the end of the New Testament, those are the epistles of John, but the gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John chapter 4, okay, that's good. You know, actually, I, I, I'm, I'm going to encourage us to actually physically, you ready for this, bring a physical ah! Bible to church. 
So we're going to kind of go, go old school. We can do that. I know you have you on your phones there, but I think there's something good. You can talk to me afterwards. It's great. But bringing a Bible where you can actually mark it up and have and hold. If you don't have it, one, you don't know how, a good Bible, please come talk to us. We will make sure you get a Bible. So in the weeks to come, we could actually bring a Bible to church. I think, it'll be, I think you'll benefit from it. John chapter 4. Now, we have been uh, doing a series for this last little while. Really, these four words that we as staff and we as a leadership team uh, believe that is going to help us fulfill our mission here at the Life Center. And our mission is what? Give it to me. Sharing. Wow. You guys are very good. So there's four words, four key words, right? Can't help me out here. Oh, you're looking up there. That's good, right? But what, remember I taught you the sign language? You were so good a few weeks ago, right? So the sign language on these four words, do you mind standing up again, Kit, because you're tall and everyone can see you? And we didn't even rehearse it, but ready? So the first one is growing. The second one is going the third is, this is a tough one, but sharing. And then the last one is partnering. Let's hear it for Kid. Boy, he's a star. Yeah. Okay, so work with me. So what are the four key words? It's what? Growing, going, sharing, and partnering. Okay, so we've been talking about this. And uh, so growing, as we talked about, sorry, going no, growing, as we talked about a few weeks ago, is this. TLC aspires to be a multicultural a diverse church family where all people are welcomed and invited to be transformed into Christ followers by the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we're about. So why do we do Sunday school? Well, because we want to see kids transform. Why are we meeting here today? Well, because my prayer desire is that we would be move along in the transformation step. Why do we do youth ministry? Well, just to entertain the kids? No, we want to see them, their lives transform. Why does Steve and a bunch go over there, you know, conversation at Park on Thursday? Because we desire to see uh, people maybe a little bit less fortunate than us than uh, see their lives transform. Why do we do all this stuff? Because we want to see people's lives transform, become more like Jesus. It's messy, right? Our lives are messy. My life is messy. But it's, uh, we're moving, hopefully, in that thing together. So, uh, growing, going, uh, uh, Chris last week talked about this, the people of TLC being mobilized, so mobilization to actively use the gifts and abilities God has given us as individuals and as a church family to further God's kingdom. And then next week, we're going to talk about partnering and to model this because we've been, I've been connecting with these four of the pastors in Abbotsford. We're doing a pulpit exchange. So you get to have uh, Pastor Norm from Mountain Park. I'm going there. And the partnering, that's why we're having the prayer gathering a week from tonight, to partner together. So we're trying to really model this. But today, we're talking about sharing. And what are we sharing? Well, sharing the love of Jesus to make Christ followers of all nations. John 4. Okay, so let me read John 4. This is one of my, well, you know, I would say this is probably, wow, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I find it very moving. So I'm going to read bits and pieces. Just stay with me, okay? So follow along. John chapter 4, and I'm going to start with verse 1. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. 
Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? The Jews do not associate with, with a Samaritan. Go down to verse 13. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I, I, I have no husband, she replied. She said, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And then verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming when he comes. Is, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. And then the passage we're going to focus on. Then, just then, his disciples returned and were, uh, were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and, and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? <laughs> My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes. And look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And, before, and because of his word, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now... We have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. 
I love that passage. It's such a, I always find mood with this passage. So here's Jesus, and we're going to focus. I want to zero on in verses 27 to 42, but I need a little bit of the background. So here's Jesus, right? And he's with his disciples, and there's a rumor and all that stuff. So they need to go up to Galilee. Galilee is towards the north. Right now they're in Judea, which is the south, right? So to go from Judea in the south up to Galilee, they, uh, they decide or they kind of have to go through Samaria. No big deal to us, right? Well, who cares, right? We're Samaria. But you have to understand that Jews and Samaritans, they like each other, hate each other, or so-so on each other. Hate each other. In fact, maybe even despise each other. Jews and Samaritans despised each other. So here's Jesus, a what? A Jew. And going through Samaria, where just bad blood. And so as they go through there, you know, Jesus is tired, it says, right? And so he's at this place called Jacob's Well in Samaria. And he sits down, he's hungry, he's tired. And his disciples, as we find out, they're going to leave Jesus and go to a nearby village, probably, to get some food to bring it back. And just then, they're at this well, right? (laughs) And Jesus is there by himself. And all of a sudden, there's this woman that shows up. She's a Samaritan, right? So did I tell you Jews and Samaritans, they what? They hated each other. They just really despised each other. And so here is Jesus and this Samaritan woman. And then it's interesting. She comes at what time of day is it? It's noon. Now, this is the hot Israeli sun. Would you think you'd come at 12 noon to fetch water? No, when would you come? Early morning. So why doesn't she come early morning with all the rest of the ladies? Hmm. Because she has a dodgy past. In fact, it's a bit more than a dodgy past. She has a bad, bad reputation in her town. She's probably the butt of jokes, gossip, you know, small town stuff, and all that. And so here is Jesus. You know, so you have a Jew and a Samaritan, a man and a woman. And not only that, there are some commentators who say this well here is, guess what? A bit of a, hmm, a hookup place. You get it? A bit of a place where, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where they kind of meet and things happen up that. So it's just kind of all dodgy what's going on here. And then Jesus uh, talks to her, and it's very interesting, I find, that Jesus has a... Why is Jesus talking to her? <laughs> why? Why is a Jew talking to a Samaritan that they despise? Why is a, a rabbi talking to this woman? Why is Jesus talking to this woman who has a very, you know, kind of a bit of a, a sketchy path? She's on the outside, You know what is great about Jesus? He loves to cross the line. Amen? Amen. He loves to cross the line. He loves to cross racial lines. I don't care if you're a Samaritan. He loves to cross moral lines. He loves to cross all sorts of lines. You know there's a whole bunch of people out there, and they got baggage about church. Do you know that? A whole bunch of people, and they wouldn't dare come to this church. They wouldn't dare cross the line. There are people in our LGBTQ community. It's not a warm welcome in church. There are people probably in our First Nations community. Bad stuff, church Christianity. And Jesus made it a habit of crossing the line. And that's good news. Because early one day in your life, he crossed the line to meet you with all your mess and all your junk and all that stuff. Jesus crossed the line. And so he asked this woman for, you know, here she is with this bucket. You know, it's kind of interesting. This bucket's a big thing. She comes to the well with her bucket to get some water. And then she's going to say, Jesus, but you don't have a bucket to get some water. And then eventually she's going to leave her bucket behind and go back to her town. And Jesus says, can I have some water? And they didn't want me to do that, but she, you know, they have this conversation and Jesus is like, okay, I'm, I, I'm not here to offer you physical water, but there's something, there's 
eternal life water, a relationship with me that I want to offer you. And so Jesus says in verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, the physical water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water. I like that. A spring of water. It's fresh and it comes up, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirst. She's thinking about this, yeah, it's kind of these two different wavelengths going on and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, go call your husband and come back. Now, I don't know if you're, if anyone, you know, if you, whatever, you have a partner and married. Sometimes when I say things that I shouldn't, I get from Carol like, mm, you know, oh, you know, like, uh-oh. And all, you know, you kind of you know, you put your foot in the mouth and say, well, I shouldn't have said that. So you think, oh, if I was like, Jesus, don't, don't do that at that point, right? Go call your husband. It's the most sensitive subject, probably. And she says, I have no husband, she replied. And he said, you're right. And I don't think condemningly. I think probably with truth and love, he says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the guy you're living with now, you're not even married to. <laughs> You've answered correctly. And she says, you know, I can see you're a prophet, right? <laughs> Very good, yeah. And it kind of goes on. And then towards the end of this part, you know, then uh, in verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus, glad that we'd loved him in there. Then Jesus said, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. And she, in our terms, follows Jesus. And then she goes back to her town and all that stuff, right? And she goes back in verse 27, you know, the disciples and all that. And then in verse 28, then Lee, she dropped a water jug. <laughs> that wasn't the focal point anymore. The water jug, and the woman went back to the town and told people, come and see. I love that. Come and see. This guy who told me everything about my life. Why did Jesus say at that moment, the kind of a sensitive point, go get your husband? You see, for her, I believe, her, her husband was what she was trying to find satisfaction in her life. She was trying to find fulfillment and meaning in relationships. She was trying to find meaning and significance in sex, in romance, in man, and all these things. And guess what? Every time she came up, what? Empty. It didn't deeply satisfy her soul. And Jesus is saying to you, I have something, me, that will offer you complete soul satisfaction. And so she, uh, she, 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 she goes back, and she just tells him, oh, come and see this guy, Jesus, Messiah. I mean, how much did she know? All that I did, come and see this person. In other words, she was sharing, what we would say today, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what she was doing. Was very, did she have a Bible college degree? No. But my guess is she knew less about Jesus than everyone in this room. I would also say she knows less. She knew less about Jesus than right now my wife Carol is teaching the kids. 
She knew less about Jesus than all probably the kids downstairs knew about Jesus. And she did, she was sharing the good news of Jesus. And that is what we are called to do. And today when you came in, you should have got um, a bookmark. Did you pull your bookmark out? Yeah. Um, anyone didn't get one? Maybe did you? Uh, I forgot to do that. Joseph, just put your hand up and Joseph will give one of these to you. But what I'd like you to do, just uh, kind of work with me on this, okay? So just keep your hand up. Uh, on the back of your bookmark, I'd like you to write down some names or initials of people in your life who are not Christians that you would like to see become a Christian. So write down their names. Or if you don't feel comfortable writing down their names, write down their initials. And I'm asking kind of, I see some people with their arms crossed. Just work with me today on this one, okay? Just, just let's go along together, okay? Write down some names of people that you love, that you care about, that you would like to see Christians. And we're gonna, I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but I'd like you to just begin thinking about that. I have my list there. So here's this woman, and she's sharing about Jesus. Now, I think here we need to pause, because I probably wouldn't need to pause 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was doing a message on this, but I have to pause because there's probably resistance to something like this. Sharing the good news of Jesus, that bad, bad word, evangelism. Ooh, sharing the good news of Jesus. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that I was reading somewhere recently, actually I heard that, um, you know, today in our society, more and more people are, are becoming either atheists, agnostic, or would say they're atheists, agnostic, or they would check off on those surveys, none, you know, none, like non-affiliated. Are you a Christian? Are you a Jew? Are you a Buddhist? Are you a... None. So more and more people in Canadian side, you know this, would, would identify under the non-affiliated, atheist, agnostic category. And it doesn't matter what survey you do from Generation X to Millennials to Generation Z, there are less religious, less church-going people. Newsflash for anyone? No. You know that, right? So here's the thing. Just kind of work with the rationale. If there's more and more people in our society that would say they're not religious, they're not, you know, Christian or anything like that, you would think there's a, this is even a greater opportunity for who? For Christians to what? Yeah. Share their faith. You would think that, right? But you know the answer is that, and. Eh, that's not true, right? So here is something I came across as in, by Spiritual Conversations Digital Age. A recent study found that since 1993, the number of Christians who said, number of Christians who said, I believe every Christian has a responsibility to share their faith, okay? And the number who said they would speak to others about the benefits of becoming a Christian has dropped precipitously. Enormously, right? And then it goes on, well, really, this is kind of the summary that, so at a moment when there is more need for evangelism, sharing the good news about Jesus, there is less willingness to do it. Isn't that interesting? You, you follow, right? There's a, probably a greater need of uh, forever, more and more people saying they're, they're atheists, agnostics, so there are many people, you know, saying they're, yeah, 
And so there's a greater need to do it, but Christians, like my guess is you and me, us, were more reluctant to do so. Hmm. Why is that? Do, 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 do. You know the answer because you're feeling it. Why are you more reluctant to, to share about Jesus? Well, what's that? Fear, fear, did you say? Yeah, fear, I think that's a big one, yeah. I think some, they may ask me a question I don't know, right? That's one. Any other ones you think? Afraid you drive them away. There's so much bag. I was talking to someone last night, a friend. Uh, they were over. And that there's so much baggy about the word church, right? So much baggy, they were saying. That all the things, so there's, ah, you know, all that, right? So that, and my guess is you're feeling these things, right? You're probably feeling this right now, that there's a reluctance to do so. I think also what's really big in our, in our culture is uh, it's just there. And I think it's there particularly with younger Christians, but I think it's just there. And there's this whole thing. There's this whole thing that there's something embedded in us now that you just shouldn't say or claim that one religion is true, that Jesus and Christianity is the only way or the best way that you shouldn't therefore be trying to, what? Convert people. And I just think that's a mega theme in our society. And I think more and more people, my guess is you, my guess is, I mean, younger Christians that I mean, no, I know in Christians. I don't want to be mean and bad and say they bought into it, but they believe that deeply, Christians. That I shouldn't be saying that, you know, Jesus is the way and that trying to convert people. So there's all this stuff out there. But, you know, with that, we still come back to this idea that we're, <laughs> we're, we're told to, right? You know, go and make witnesses of, uh, be witnesses. Go and, you know, uh, go and make disciples of all nations. And so it's very interesting that I would say, I, wonder, I, I actually wonder one of the reasons why we're so resistant and reluctant is I would use the word, and I don't really mean to be, uh, yeah, anyways, there's apathy. There's just lethargy that we just don't, I'm not sure, like this woman, her life was changed, right? Her life was changed. And then she just went and told people. But how we just become Christian, we're Christian so long, we're in this thing that we just become, we're just lethargy, lethargy to share the good news of Jesus. And that whole thing, it's kind of interesting that I found, there was something, a very interesting study or article in the Atlantic, you know, the Atlantic Journal, uh, Maritimes. And what they did in the Atlantic Journal is that um, they interviewed uh, uh, kids who grew up in Christian homes, but now would say they're atheists, okay? So kids who grew up in Christian homes who now would say they're atheists or agnostics. It was quite an interesting study. And one of the persons they interviewed, this atheist now, he was a poli-sci major student at Dartmouth University. So he's an atheist, okay? And this is what he says. He says, I really can't consider a Christian a good moral person if he isn't trying to convert me. Isn't that interesting? 
So do you hear what I said? This is an atheist, right? This is an atheist at Dartmouth University, and he's saying this. I really can't consider a Christian a good moral person if he isn't trying to convert me. And at first I thought, what is the guy talking about? But then in the article, what it went on to say that he said, he said, if, if you are a Christian, right, and you love me, and you really believe this Jesus deal, then it's just a natural thing if you love me as a person. Now, he doesn't want you, you know, beating him over the head with the Bible, being obnoxious. But if you loved him, and you really believe this Jesus thing, you would be doing this. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, and I think that's what's going on with the disciples here. You know, the disciples are, you know, it's interesting. They're kind of like, you know, like I am most of the time too. I'm clueless. I'm just clueless. So here they come back in verse 27. Then his disciples return and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. Yeah, but no one asked, what do you want? No one said, hello. What's your name? I'm Simon. I'm Paul. Glad to see you. No one said that. They're kind of like they walked by her, and they didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, why are you talking? What's on their mind? What's on their mind? Food, right? They got food. And so Jesus talks to them, and he goes on to this whole thing. And then he says, my food is to the will of Father. And then I love in verse 35, he says, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest, until harvest. I tell you, <laughs> open your eyes. And look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus saying, and I think he's saying, open your eyes. Just close your eyes for a sec, would you please? Just close them. Open your eyes. Wow. And so Jesus saying to us, open your eyes. Don't ever say this is not the cultural moment to talk about Jesus. Don't say that. Because it's harvest time. It is harvest time, Jesus saying. Now is the time. Now is the time. The harvest, just look out there. Look at the, think about these people that you have written down, these people that you love. It's harvest time, Jesus says. Don't say it's not time. And so this woman is doing what the disciples should have been doing, right? So she leaves her water jar and all that stuff, and she goes back to her hometown, and she says, you know, come see a person See a man who told everything about me. And I can just imagine. She, do you think, I wonder in her hometown, did she have a good reputation or a bad reputation? Small town? <laughs> probably a bad. Probably a bad reputation, right? She's a moral outsider. And so she comes back and she's, she's kind of vulnerable here, right? Come and see this person who told me everything I ever did. And I can imagine someone from the town gathering said, he told you, he told you everything you ever did? No. <laughs> he told you everything you did? Does he know about Bill? Yeah, he knows about Bill. Yeah. Does he know about Sam? Yeah, he knows about Sam. Does he know about Tom? Knows about Tom. Know about Duncan? Knows about Duncan. Know about Gary? Knows about Gary. Knows about um, Roy? That you? Yeah, he knows about Roy. Now, did he kind of rake you over the coals? Did he embarrass you? Did he say, no, no, he loved me. And he accepted me. And he invited me to follow him. And so she's just like, just come and see. Like, how much did she know? She didn't know about atonement. She didn't know about, she didn't know Jesus was going to die for her sins, be buried, raised on the third day. The Holy Spirit comes in you. She knew nothing. She knew less than all of us here in this room. And what did she say? 
come and see. Isn't that simple? Come and see the sunrise. It's amazing. Come and see the sunset. Well, how does the sun form? How does that? I have no idea. Just come and see it. It's incredible, right? <clears throat> come and hear this piece of music. Come and look at the, um, the mountain on a clear day. How did those, how? I don't know. Just come and see. Come and look at my newborn baby. Well, how do, just come and see. Could it be any more simpler? Just come and see Jesus. He's amazing. Man, he is amazing, isn't he, folks? He is amazing. Come and see him in my life. Come and see him in my my church friends. No, we're quirky. We're all messed up, but just come and see Jesus. Come and see as we kind of try to minister to our you know, on just our street friends. Just come and see. Come and see our people in our life. Come and see. Come and see my life. Come into my life. And you're going to see it's messy. And I still battle anxiety. And I still get afraid. And I still have fears. And we have struggles in our marriage and with our kids. But just come and see. Because he really does make a difference. Come and see. Just come and see. She knew nothing, very, very little. You know, I hear, I've heard over the years, Christian, we need more training. Oh, more training, my goodness. Just, no, you don't. You you don't. Like, training's good. Please, I'm not, you know, all that's good, but you don't. You don't. Come and see Jesus. Well, I don't know all the answers. I, yeah, there's contradictions in the Bible. You know, there's that, the Trinity. I don't know. We'll talk about it together. Just come and see my Jesus. Because with all my mess and all that stuff, he's still changing my life. And in the mess of stuff, you know what? It's still, I come back to Jesus, we need you in our marriage. We need you. And he has been so so faithful. Come and see. Could it be any more simpler? Not easy, but just come. You can do that, can't you? With your friends? Can't you? Yeah, just come and see. Come into our house. Come and, ah, the chaos. Just come and see Jesus. Yeah, I just love it. I love this story. I just love this story. And it tells that many in the town believed her. (laughs) Really? She believed her. Yeah. And then they go see Jesus, and it says many, and then they say, now we believe in Jesus because we talked to Jesus. We saw Jesus. We don't believe just because of your testimony anymore. But your testimony is still important, right? And then it says that towards the end, uh, verse 44, and, and because of his words, many more became believers. So this year, at, uh, obviously, this thing is sharing the good news of Jesus. It's good news, and it's, uh, I just love that. Come and see. Just come and see. Come and check it out. We'll work on this stuff together. I'll do it kind of with you. Come and see. And so that's why we're asking you to think, put down on the list people that you love, that you care about, that you want to come and they want, you want them to see Jesus. So I ask you to do that. 
We're kind of having this theme this year. It's an old, I'm sure you may have heard it before you've been around the church, but it's called Each One Reach One. Each One Reach One. And our hope this year is that each one of us had the life center through the power of the Spirit reach one person who's not a Christian. Each one reach one. Each one have an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, live out the good news of Jesus, say, come and see this year. All of us. All of us, right? <laughs> All of us. Even though people here, even the ones that are like, uh, ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. No, even that person. All of us. Partner together. Because you notice the harvest. They partner together in doing this. So one of the things, but the follow-up now on this is that you also got a three-by-five card. I already put mine in. Uh, by three-by-five card. So what I'm asking you to do now is to, if you want, well, no, this part, yeah. You can put your first name down. I did. It's kind of nice. So just wait. I'll tell you where we're going. And then write down these names or maybe just initials on this card of people you are going to pray for or we're going to pray together that you would like to see to come to know Christ. So some of you don't feel comfortable writing down Brad and Patty, right? Okay, I understand that. Maybe put down the one initial. It doesn't matter. Jesus knows, right? <laughs> you know, you could, we're going to be praying together. So just write down those names. And then in a moment when we do the closing song, we're going to ask you to come and to put your three-by-five card in the basket. And the person coming behind you, you're going to, you put one in, and you're going to, I'm going to pick up one. Oh, I got Gary Taze. Okay, so I'm going to take Gary's, and I'm going to commit to praying for the people on, in this case, Gary's list. So that's what we're asking you to do. And... So you can do that now. And sometimes it's good to talk about expectation. So here's my expectation. Two of you are not just doing this, okay? <laughs> like one person's coming forward, okay? Uh, my ex I'm hoping that we're all going to be involved in doing this, right? And we're going to pray together that these people that we love are going to know become Christians. And the thing, the whole thing about partnering, we're partnering together in this, right? And next week, as we gather as churches, we're going to be praying for the city, praying for people to come to know Christ. So I encourage you right now to, to do that, please. You know, there was a, a lady in a, a church we were part of back in Ontario. And in many ways... Um, and in many ways, she reminds me, Carol and I were talking about her yesterday, she reminds me of the woman at the well. She had, um, you know, a bit of, I guess we'd say, a bit of a hmm, uh, colorful past sort of thing, right? But she came, she came to Christ. She came to Christ, and uh, her family was just, man, there was a lot of messiness in her family. But she came to Christ. And she knew a lady who was kind of part of her colorful past as well. And she told her about Jesus. And this lady, uh, Kristen, became a Christian. And a wonderful story. And then Kristen was a, had a partner, and his partner was, was Bryant. And she told Bryant about Jesus, and his, his background was First Nations. He became a Christian. I remember the day I baptized Bryant. He was the thickest guy I've ever met. I don't mean fat, just thick. I remember the day baptized him. There was no problem getting him down in the water. But man, trying to get that guy up out of there, he was just a solid guy. And I love Brian. And then Brian, Brian and Kristen, they, uh, we had an alpha course. And they, they came out. We did it like 10 times. I think they came out every single time and eventually helped out. And eventually, you know, God just worked in their life. Brian uh, died a few years ago. But 
this lady, this one lady who shared Jesus with all the mess, and their lives were still messy afterwards, let me tell you, still messy. But there was a change in them. And there was this whole thing that each person for each one. Isn't it exciting that we have this opportunity to do this? Just think, if we're willing to add that to our bucket list, to be involved in making a difference in someone's life and sharing the good news of Jesus, the eternal difference it can make in their life and the difference it could make in our community. So I invite you to come, the worship team, I'll, I ask you to come now, please. They're going to lead us in this last song. And just come like you would do the offering, you know, come down. Put your mask on, please, as you're coming. And put your card down and take someone else's card. And, um, and let's see what God does. Father, we thank you. And we pray that you would be so much a part of this. I think of all these people's names that we're putting down, these people that you love. Actually, Lord, I do pray that on our list, I just thought of this now, that there'd be people on our list who are outsiders. I hope there's someone on our list, they're, they're outsiders, or what, from society's point of view, they're outsiders. And we'd be willing to cross those lines, to cross those barriers, to say to them, come and see this Jesus. So we thank you and trust you. Thank you for these people here today. In Jesus' name, amen. As morning dawns and evening fades, you
for Jesus. Um, we thank you that uh, in a time for probably, I guess, most of us here, um, you opened our eyes and we saw you. And I, I just thank you for Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would keep doing your transformative work in these people. Yeah, I thank you for this group of people here. I love them. And thank you for the privilege of doing this together, uh, serving you. I pray that we would go out and... Um, enjoy you, and share the wonderful news of Jesus with others. We pray in your name, mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Sing it louder, there's nothing. 
Your name. 